then falling. I'd bitten my tongue and tasted blood. Then there had been the terrible pain and the darkness. Okay, so that was what had happened. But why had someone wearing a mask been in my kitchen in the first place? I did not know. What I did know was that lumps of granite and sharp blades of drought-ravaged scrub grass were piercing my chest. Again, I tried to lift myself, but a current of pain ran down my body. When I thought, you have an event to cater in six hours, tears popped out of my eyes. Who could have done this to me? Why today of all days? My business, Goldilocks Catering, where everything is just right, was set to put on only our second event since I'd leased the roundhouse. It was a big lunch following a funeral, a funeral that might as well have been mine. Water burbled nearby. Cottonwood Creek, a foot below its normal flow. A car rumbled past, the beginning of the morning commuter flow from the stone and stucco mini-mansions that ranged along upper Cottonwood Creek. Positioned as I was on the far side of the roundhouse, it was unlikely that any of the lawyers, accountants, or doctors making their way down to Denver would see me and call for help. With enormous effort, I pushed up to my elbows, fought queasiness, and got to my feet. I limped to the van and climbed inside. Then I locked the doors, opened the glove compartment, and pulled out the thirty-eight I'd started keeping in there since the 22nd of April. That was when my ex-husband, Dr. John Richard Corman, had had his sentence commuted by the governor of Colorado. He'd been serving four years for aggravated assault and probation violation. Although he'd beaten me up plenty of times before I'd kicked him out seven years ago, the assault he'd been convicted for, finally, had been his attack on a subsequent girlfriend. Unfortunately, he'd been behind bars for less than a year. I sighed and peered through the windshield, alert to any movement that might indicate a prowler. Could John Richard Corman have done this? For the jerk, which was what his other ex-wife and I called him, nothing was impossible. Still, this attack was a departure from his usual M.O., which meant letting you know in no uncertain terms that he was the one with the power. Besides, he was coming to the funeral, since he'd worked with the doctor who'd passed away. The doc's widow had apologetically asked if that was all right. I'd said yes. In front of others, the jerk was unfailingly charming. It was when he got you alone that you had to worry. With the ominous gray weapon lying on the dashboard, I assessed myself. In the physical department, it no longer hurt to breathe. My neck ached, my knees were bleeding, and my support hose, I called them the caterer's friend, were ruined. Still, I no longer felt dizzy or disoriented, and my medwife's 101 knowledge assured me I hadn't had a concussion. I opened my trusty first aid kit with one hand and pressed the automatic dial for Tom Sell with the other. He must have been out of range, so I left him a message. I then pressed the numbers of the sheriff's department. Tom wasn't at his desk. I gave another brief account to his voicemail, then toggled over to the department's operator and explained what had happened. Yes, I needed a patrol car to come up. No, I did not feel I was in any immediate danger. No, I did not think anyone was still in the roundhouse. And no, I did not know what this attacker was doing in the kitchen or if my business had sustained any damage. Did I have any idea who this prowler was? She asked. 
Not really, I answered truthfully. The operator assured me an officer would be up within 45 minutes. Was that all right, she wanted to know. I told her the sooner the better. I had work to do. I opened a bottle of water, took four ibuprofen, and had the comforting thought that my body did not hurt as much as it would in a few hours. Once I'd smoothed a pair of large bandages into place, I winced as I slipped on new support hose. Then I changed into a clean catering uniform, black pants, white shirt, and checked my watch. Just past six. Time to hustle. First things first. I'd done the right thing by calling the cops, but I was determined to follow through with the funeral lunch. Nevertheless, with the tartlets and pies ruined, we would need a new dessert. I put away the first aid kit and punched in more numbers, this time for Marla Corman, the jerk's other ex